and welcome back to the Turning 30 podcast, a place where we discuss what it's really like to turn 30. I'm your host, Emma Wilson, the Turning 30 coach, and I'm on a mission to make people feel better about turning 30. This week's topic is one that I've been really excited to record as it's something that's very close to home as we're discussing turning 30 and breaking up. I'm so honored and excited to introduce this week's guest, my good friend and coaching colleague, Dorothy Johnson, AKA Breakup Coach Dorothy. Dorothy is 30. She's based in Boston, Massachusetts. She works full-time as a breakup coach and runs an amazing group program where she teaches individuals to get over your ex in three months or less. And she's also the host of the How to Get Over Your Ex podcast. Welcome to the episode, Dorothy. Thank you so much, Emma. I'm super excited to be here with you. I'm so excited that we managed to do this uh, episode together, especially because... I was already thinking of inviting you to come onto the podcast anyway to turn about uh, talk about turning 30 and breaking up. And then I had this idea that maybe you could invite one of your clients to come, a 30-something-year-old client. And then I went through a breakup. <laughs> and I was like, who better to have a discussion with about my breakup and about breakups in general than to invite you. So thank you so much for agreeing to do this a little bit special episode where we're going to have like a, a flip the, the conversation to the other side in the middle. Yes, I'm so excited. So excited. Thank you for having me. And it's just so great to see your growth and everything since we've known each other for a while now. So, so awesome. Yeah. And I love starting off each episode by telling the listeners how I know my guests. So uh, we're another Instagram love story where you were in your coach training, right? Um, yes. I I don't know. I started following you. I, I honestly can't remember how I came across you, but I really was enjoying all your content and loving what you were doing. And then you were posted, I think, on your story that you were looking for uh, people to coach as part of your certification process. And mm-hmm. that's how we met because you started coaching me. It was so wild. And it's so crazy to think back to that time because it was only two years ago now. But at the same time... Um, it's just so different. Like I'm, I'm so different that my business is so different. Um, but it's just so exciting because I remember being in the hotel room at coach certification and Mm -hmm. posting, like I have 10 spots. I'm going to do coaching for free for these 10 people. Um, we're going to do, I think it was like six weeks together and (laughs) it was so good. Then you reached out and I was so pumped. And it was even like before, I don't even think my Instagram stated breakup coach Dorothy at that point. Like, I think it was just my name, like Dorothy Johnson. And it had like a a Miriam of like fitness and like inspiring things and just like... (laughs) Yeah, because that's why I was following you because I wasn't going Mm -hmm. through a breakup at the time. So it must have been I just loved your Instagram and I just had come across you. And yeah, and you were obviously looking for people and and I coached with you for six weeks. And I remember just falling in love with your coaching method and really just connecting with you. And we've actually been friends ever since. Like we always check in Mm -hmm. with each other. Um, We're speaking all the time on Instagram. We're really like cheerleading each other from the sidelines as we both move forward with our business. I love it. Yeah. I, re- I literally remember when you were like, I think that my niche is like turning 30. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. I think I agree. 110%. We <laughs> yeah. definitely need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. And you would know because you just turned 30. Yes, I did. How crazy, right? Yeah. Especially during 2020 and COVID and lockdown. But yes, my birthday was May 3rd. Um, It was a great day. There was nothing that was wrong. And I honestly, I feel like a lot of this stuff that um, people go through in terms of turning 30 and like the stuff that comes along with that, that you talk about. I feel like I went through that at 26. Like I definitely felt like at 26, that was like my time where I was like, I thought I'd be married and I thought I'd have a house and I thought I'd have the kids. Um, And so I went through all of that. I feel like at 26, so 30 wasn't like as abrupt or anything, but it was very eye-opening in that I wanted to like evaluate the last 10 years. What did I want to create in the next 10 years? The whole like kids thing. And so, yeah, it was a, it was a great day, but it came with all of the thoughts that I... (laughs) Wow. I didn't know that that was your story that you had all these uh, manuals. 
like on the, the uh-huh. 30 manual. So you had the 26 manual. Do you know where yeah. that came from? Like why, why it was, why I was a bit it's younger. It's so funny. It's like, I mean, just like 30, but it's like an arbitrary number that like we create in our brain. But for me, it was, um, I just remember being, I think I was 21 and I saw one of my 26 year old, like friends slash colleague, like someone I looked up to and she was getting engaged at 26. And I just remember being like, oh my gosh, I hope that I'm engaged way before then because I want to be married and have the kid in the house by 26, like Crazy. for her. <laughs> and now you're 30, you're looking back and like, what was I thinking when I was 21? <laughs> I can't even imagine. And I literally cannot even imagine having gotten married and like having, that would mean my kid would be four years old and there's nothing wrong with that. But like, I'm just like, in my mind, what? Especially because yeah. my business is my baby. I'm like, I don't want to have a kid right now because this is my baby and I love it so much. So. And, and how different your life could have looked if that manual would have come true. It's just right? crazy to think about it. Mm-hmm. But I love what you just said about how turning 30 and the crisis that we have around it is just a thought because that really is what it is. There's so many thoughts around what you need to do when you're 30. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously why I chose this um, amazing niche and why I coach clients on it because I'm coaching that it is, it's just a thought, but it's crazy to think how many people get controlled by it and how many people, yeah. you know, really feel that dread and feel that pressure, the external mm-hmm. pressure. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So you're the breakup coach. And as we were saying before, you primarily coach women who um, are going through a breakup and want to get over their ex you have an amazing podcast and I do really I know I already messaged you at some point to thank you but I want to publicly thank you again because your podcast really did save me in the depths of uh, my breakup a couple of months ago so it really is such an amazing tool and the work you're doing is just so powerful I, I love your niche and I think it's so valuable and I know from personal experience how much it helped me. And I always send it to everyone who I know who's going through something similar ever since I listened to it myself and realized how amazing it is. But can you tell the listeners how you found this um, niche in your story and maybe also yes. a little bit about, about your breakup that led you Absolutely. to Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it kind of ties into what I was saying earlier, where I was like, my 30 was my 26. And so um, I had been dating a guy for about seven years. And um, at 26, um, he had finished dental school. I had finished grad school two years earlier. I had like my big girl consulting job, as I used to call it. Mm -hmm. And we were moving back to Florida to kind of like start our life together um, again, because we had lived together before then, but we were kind of like living long distance doing that whole thing while we were both like growing up, I guess you would say. And, um, we got the house. I was so excited about it. We moved our stuff to Florida. Um, and I was just, uber pumped about the whole thing. I felt like my vision of my life was really falling into place. We would be engaged soon. Like in my brain, these are the things that were coming up. I was like, we're going to be engaged soon. We'll have our first kid. He's going to buy into his practice. Like everything's working out. (laughs) And um, I had traveled to Chicago for a work trip and he broke up with me on the phone and I was just very caught off guard and very angry and upset about it all. And it was a very traumatic event for me because I had really, really built my life around him and the future that I envisioned together with him. And when I went back like a month later to Florida to grab my stuff, because I had moved into an apartment like with just my suitcase, but I went back a month later to get all of my things and um, he had piled all of my stuff in the front room and was already like dating, openly dating someone new. And I just was devastated. So not only was I like devastated about the fact that I was missing my best friend, my lover, my person that I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with. I was angry and resentful about the fact that he moved on so quickly. Like, how could you ever do that? In my mind, my brain wanted to be like, how could you ever do that? Clearly he never loved me if that's the case. Um, And then I also had like a third layer of pain there where it was like mourning and grieving the life that I thought I'd have with him. Yeah. Um, and so I really made it my mission in my life after that event of going back to get my stuff 
to figure this out. I was like, I have to get over him. Like this cannot break me. I Googled, how do you get over your ex? How do you forget, like forgive and let go? And I did all of the things, like all of it. I meditated. I um, got in the best shape of my life. I was traveling. I was having new experiences. Like everything it told me to do, I was doing. And from the outside, I looked awesome. Like I think I looked like I was doing really great. But a year later, I was still so... Like I was seething underneath with just the anger and the resentment of him moving on so quickly. Um, I was like, this just can't be it for me. Like I can't, like, I can't go on being so mad. Um, even talking about it, I could like come to tears, like yeah. forget about it for a little bit. And then I come back to like that real raw emo- emotion that it was. And it was just so traumatic. Um, and so, yeah, just, I really was like, there's, there's gotta be something different. And I started, I had started dating at that point too. And I started seeing reoccurring patterns coming up in my life about this other person that wasn't my ex. I saw jealous, jealousy, like coming out. Yeah. <laughs> and then I saw, um, insecurity. So jealousy and insecurity were starting to pop up already in this new relationship. And I was like, why is this happening? Why am I still so angry about stuff? And then that is when I found thought work. Um, that's when I found the life coach school and I found out that my thoughts created how I was feeling. And I, like my mind was blown. Like I grew up with a psychologist. My dad was a psychologist. I had a really awesome upbringing, like the types of, um, things I had to do when I got in trouble were very different, like write papers and stuff like that. So I thought I like knew a lot about psychology. I got my master's in psychology, um, but no one ever stated it so directly that my thoughts, the beliefs and the story that I had about my breakup is what was causing my pain, wow. not what my ex did or didn't do. Mm-hmm. And when that happened for me, I just like my mind exploded and I realized that forgiveness wasn't for him, that it, and it didn't condone what he did. It didn't say that I agree with what he did. Forgiveness was purely there for me to just let go of that anger and resentment. When I forgave, I got to let go of anger and resentment. I wasn't righting his wrong. And that to me gave me permission to really like let go of the anger and say that he really did the best that he could. I changed my story from clearly he never loved me to he did the best he could. He absolutely loved me fiercely for seven years and letting go of that relationship must have been hard. And he had to find comfort in someone else. And that's totally okay. So, so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that story with us. I mean, it sounds so traumatic what you went through, especially after such a long time. And like you said, I think that really is the crux of why it's so hard to get over a breakup at any point that you've been together because you're grieving the future that you you had fantasized about or sometimes you'd even planned for. And when that all comes crumbling down, sometimes in an instant without any warning, which is what happened to you, your brain just doesn't know how to deal with it. And The thing I love about the story as well is the fact that you were doing all the right action steps. Like you said, you were like, you'd made it your mission. You Googled it. You were like, I'm going to get over my ex. That's my mission. And in coaching, we talk a lot about um, doing the actions, like doing the right things, taking massive action. And we also speak about the thought work. And obviously, of course, the feelings as well that, that that drive the actions. But you know, you can do all the right things. You can do all the right actions. You can follow all the, you know, the guidelines of how to do it. But if you don't change your thoughts and you don't access those thoughts and understand and even have that awareness that it's the thoughts that are creating the outcome of the way that you're feeling, not the actions themselves, then of course you're not going to have any success. And that's obviously what happened to you is that, I don't know, I don't know how, what the time frame was. Do you remember how long it was between your breakup and then doing all these actions that you finally realized that. that Yeah. I mean, it was like a whole, it was like a whole year. So like the breakup happened, I was doing all the things that Google told me for like a year. (laughs) And then a year later, that's when I started really like picking it apart. And then I was introduced to thought work and I didn't actively start because the breakup happened in 2016. I found the, um, in July of 2016. And then in April, I suppose I found 
No, I guess it was like the April afterwards. So it's like, it was about a year. And then once I found the information, it was like a moment where something just clicked. And that whole forgiveness piece, when that forgiveness piece clicked for me, all of a sudden everything switched and shifted. And so that's where I get my whole thing around time. Because oftentimes we hear about how it's just going to take time to heal your heart. It just takes time to grieve and da, 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 da. And in reality, that shift didn't take time. That shift took like a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it really just blew my mind when I was like, that's totally possible for other people. Other people don't have to suffer to just like wait an extended period of time. I just remember I thought like I was going to have to, it was going to take half the time that I was with someone to get over them. Why do people <laughs> say that? It's so ridiculous. And then people are like, okay, so like maybe I'm over him, but like... I, I'm, I can't be because it's supposed to take this amount of time. So I'm just going to wait a little bit more. Like, what? It's so stupid. Who came, who came up with that? Yeah. So that's where I was just like, getting over your ex has nothing to do with time. Not even a single bit. It's the decision to get over your ex, the commitment and the practice to being over him yeah. or her. And that's obviously the basis of, of the work that you do with all of your yes. clients. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So my next question is, obviously, you, you coach a lot of people. You, do, you also used to do consults with lots of people. So you've really met so many people going through breakups. So that's definitely your area of expertise, understanding mm-hmm. how people feel when they've come out of a breakup or they're going through it. Do you see a connection between women who are going through a breakup in their 30s and the intensity of the breakup or maybe the fears of the future. Have you seen patterns with that in your, in your work? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's really interesting though, too, because it's such a vast array. Like there are some people between 30 and 50 that are like not concerned about it. And there are some people who are very concerned about it. It's just, I feel like it's an added layer of pressure that we have to like work through. Like we, it's almost like um, the difference between dirty pain and clean pain. I don't know if you've talked about that on your podcast before, but there's like the layer of like grief, sadness, and loss. Mm -hmm. And then there's a layer of like shaming yourself because you feel so terrible about it. And I think that when we're between the ages of 30 and probably like, I want to say 50, Um, but like a lot of the thirties and early forties, there's a layer of pressure that's on top of your grief and loss that you have to work through, um, before you can actually grieve the actual loss. And that's because of all of the other stuff where it's like, oh, well, I want to have children. Now I'm, it's going to be too late to have children, da, 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 da. And luckily I was... I, my mom was 40 when she had me and my brother was 44 when she had my brother. So I have no, like my mental, like construct, my self-concept doesn't have any hangups around age and being pregnant. And I've also gotten to this place where I'm like, I'm very confident and comfortable and being able to have a child on my own. Um, so I don't have any of those hangups, which makes it a lot easier to coach on as I'm sure you've realize like when you have a hang up, you're like, oh, <laughs> trying to coach on it is a little difficult. Um, but I have never had those like age pressures. So I feel really comfortable coaching on that and really helping them come to this like more relaxed place so that they can get to the loss of what they're dealing with. If that well, makes sense. Yeah, it does. It makes lots of sense. And uh, it's really interesting to me. I've never asked you that before. Um, we've never spoken about that before. But as somebody who currently works through, but in the past has done a lot of work about age, which is why I've chosen my niche, because it's the work that I've done to really come to terms with what it is like to, to grow up and, and to go through these struggles and, the, and the, the turning 30 crisis. And in general, just this pressure that you were just speaking about that people do go through is something that I have gone through. Mm-hmm. And it's really comforting to know that I'm not the only one and that yeah. you know all of my clients aren't the only ones who go through that. Because it's interesting to me that you say that it, came, it comes before the grief. It was like, mm-hmm. is, is that how it usually works? Like you have to work through that before the grief or does it sometimes work the other way? Yeah, I feel like it, it has to happen before. Like, of course there's no rule around this. (laughs) But what I have personally seen is when you're trying to do the work on the grief 
while you have like this, it's almost like a fly nagging you, like coming and swirling around your head while you're trying to work on the grief. You have this other thing popping up being like, but we got to hurry because then all of a sudden there's this pressure on time. And I see it all the time because people come to me because they want to get over their ex in three months or less. But if you have the pressure of trying to like forcing it, you're not going to get to the underlying stuff because you're going to be shaming and shooting all over yourself about what you should be doing or what you're not doing and da 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 versus just trusting the process, trusting that it's all happening for you and then diving into the grief and then diving into the sadness and the loss and the pain that you're experiencing. Because if you have that pressure on top of it, it's like your brain wants to hurry through it or it doesn't even want to look at it. It just wants to push it away. Yeah. So I think that's a really good tip for anyone listening who is going through a break up in your in your 30s or 40s that you know like don't push it to the side really address it and I think at this point we can I can start I guess opening up and, and flip we can flip the the interview around and, and asking questions about about me and what happened with my breakup I can be very vulnerable and say that I think a lot of the reason why I didn't end my relationship when I felt that maybe it was time to was based on this layer of of pressure and you know we can we can share that when I coached with you two years ago Mm -hmm. when I was in a relationship I was working with you on this layer of pressure I remember very specifically that I had a lot of thoughts around the pressure of okay I'm 30 I'm 31 and I think I was 31 at the time my relationship Mm -hmm. should look like this and it actually looks like this and I just think it's 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 a lot of reason why why people stay in relationships longer than they than they should because they get very very nervous about this extra layer. Yeah, 100%. I'm so ready to dive into this. Will you Okay, so give us a little bit. Can you give us a backstory? Like tell us what happened. Yeah, so I have been in a relationship with my now ex for uh it was three and a half years that we were we were together and it all happened very quickly that we actually moved in together after only six months. And I think, you know, it was a great relationship and every relationship has its difficulties and it really did serve an amazing, an amazing, amazing purpose for me. And I really, a relationship's a mirror and obviously any relationship holds up things and you learn about yourself. And I can say that I learned so much about myself over the past three years of, of being in this partnership and, and living with someone else and, and having this um, uh, relationship. But I think it wasn't like your breakup. It did not come out of the blue. It wasn't, it wasn't traumatic in that way of it. And, you know, I, I, I'd been questioning things for a while and we'd coached on some things before. And, you know, it was something that was very, it was present for me of deciding what to do and how the future would look. And, I guess that happened to a lot of people from what I understand is that when COVID happened, the mask just fell off. No pun intended there. That really, you know, you have to really look at yourself and turn within. And, you know, it was a lot about the future and what I wanted and being in alignment with myself, which I had fallen out of alignment with myself within the relationship. And I eventually had the courage to to confront that with myself and to really understand. And, you know, it's really looking back now, this happened three months ago. Um, and looking back, it happened very much at the same time that my business became central to me. And I'd been doing my business, my coaching as a side hustle whilst I was working in a full-time job. And I all of a sudden just being in the lockdown and being in Corona just really brought me back to my coaching. I just had this huge pull to to start sharing content and start signing clients. And I really stepped into the light. And I don't think it's a coincidence that at the same time, when you're a life coach, you obviously do a lot of work on yourself so you can show up for your clients. And at the same time I was doing this work, this is when I realized that I was, something was not right. And I fortunately had the courage to to confront it and um, and to end the relationship. And it was very painful, like all breakups are, especially breakups that have been for a prolonged period of time when you're living together, your whole lives together. Um, but I, I had been living in the I don't know, which I actually want to talk about, but I'd been living in the I don't know for such a long time that suddenly when I knew, I just knew. 
and I just decided. So that's the backstory in short. Oh, I love <laughs> that. I love that. So my first question that I think I'm going to speak for the audience here <laughs> and I'm going to ask you all the questions that I think they're going to have. My biggest question to that then is how did you get to the place of knowing that you are ready to call it? Because I, I bet you money there are people listening in being like, but how do I know? Like, how do you ever know that it's time to call the relationship? And so I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about kind of our experience coaching staying and then how you got to that place within the time that you kind of talked about. Yeah, I definitely want, want to, to talk about this because I think that it's a question I asked myself for so long. Like, when will I know? And the very ambiguous answer is sometimes you, you don't just know, right? You can't just wait for the answer to fall on you. It's not going to fall into your lap. Maybe it happens to some people that you just wake up one day and you've, you just know, but it's, it's a choice and it's all about training your thoughts and like becoming in tune with what they're, what you're thinking and making the decision based on liking my reasons. So it was really understanding, do I like my reason to stay and do I like my reason to go? And it wasn't easy. So for anyone who is in this situation, I, I feel you. I get you. It was something that took a long time. But it's, it's interesting, isn't it, when you make a decision because you do just make it in, in the snap moment. And I can tell about the moment that I made it where yes. I'd been backwards and forwards. And, you know, this also, it, it, was a, it was a shared decision in terms of there were conversations going on and it wasn't just one-sided. And I still was, I kept delegating my power to him to, to be the one to finally make the decision. And I realized that all of a sudden I was delegating power and I wasn't really taking control back for myself, which was just so ironic because I preach every day in my coaching to my clients and my followers on Instagram. And just like anyone who speaks to me is all about like taking responsibility for yourself and stepping up and taking control and not being the victim. And, you know, life happens for you and not to you and all of these things. And then I just was on the beach basically with my journal and I was staring out at the sea and I was just deciding what to do and just something just came over me and that was the moment and I just I get goosebumps like just telling it now because it's so you know I remember it so clearly I think it's a moment that I'll never forget in my life but I just like looked out to the sea and I just said surrender you know whatever will be will be and I'm going to make the choice now and then I'm going to decide to do this and then I'm going to decide that it's going to be the right thing for me. And that's, that's the moment I made the decision. I love that. So you mentioned two thoughts there. It's like, I'm going to decide that this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to decide that this is the right choice for me. Something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Um, I, one of the questions that I had as you were talking about that story is what are the thoughts that you continue to carry through going leading up to the breakup, during the breakup and after the breakup that kept you in alignment with that decision. Because so often we can start to have our default thinking kind of come in and start having the conflicting thoughts of like, oh, I don't know if this is the right choice. What if I mess this up? (laughs) So what thoughts carried you through that entire process? Did you have any like go-tos? Wow. I wish I had my journal on me. Right like to hand so I can tell you because I used to write the thoughts out like this is the thought this is the thought like really did the thought work it really helped me I I think that I'll give a little more backstory that a really big thing for me was being 33 and being single it was really really hard for me and it brought up everything that I'm not supposed to be here right now and it brought up what will people think of me to be 33 and single? How will it affect my friendships? You know, I have friends who are married with a few, few children now. What will they think of me? What does this mean? Are people, I, I, I went into comparison mode and more for myself. What am I going to do about having children? You know, they're going to take a step back. I'm going to go back to square one and I'm so old and all of these things. And, and these are the really negative thoughts that kept me in the indecision and kept me in the relationship. So I really did the work and the thought that really stands out the most to me. I think the thought was, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. And I stuck with that a lot because that for me was the contrasting thought to the negative thought of, you know, how, how am I this age and going through this? And that work was very powerful. And, and 
I can honestly say, and maybe this is because I have done the thought work that although there's been very traumatic and there's been lots of horrible times since since the breakup in the past few months has been some of the most challenging few months of my whole life, you know, going back to that thought has helped me to the point where I've never regretted my decision. I've never fallen out of alignment with the fact that I've done what I should do. I love that. I think that's so huge because I think a lot of people struggle with regret. Do you feel like a lot of the individuals that you have coached that are 30, I mean, I'm assuming you probably also coach people who are 30 going through a split or a divorce or a breakup of sorts. Do you feel like regret's a huge thing that comes up for them? Yeah, I do. And I think more than anything, it's this the storytelling. It's Mm -hmm. the, my story should have been this way. Why did I do this? It didn't work out for me. It's very much that mentality of it shouldn't have been this way. And there's like a saying that it just is like, you can't argue with what is. And it's very true that, you know, yeah, there's, there is a story I could tell myself. I could go really, you know, I could go really negative and say, oh, you know, I was in the wrong relationship and how could I have got there? And this happened to me and it was terrible. And all my friends are in happy relationships and I'm not, and you know, you can, if you want, you can choose to let your mind go there. But, but why would I do that? You know, I know that, like I said before, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be now. I'm coming into alignment with myself and my business. I'm coaching people who are going through what I'm going through, who are 33 and single or, you know, going through similar situations so I get to be the example for that I get to be the person who's going through that and who who knows how to help other people based on it so it's really really important to me I love that I'm like so I'm listening to you talk and I'm just so proud of you like I'm so proud because like the last time we've had like a really in-depth conversation about this specific topic was when we were coaching Mm -hmm. um and you were in a totally different space than you are now after doing so much thought work I love it I'm so proud of you yeah, and something that I know you're you're supposed to be asking me the questions now, but uh, we're kind of coming <laughs> no, back in. But no, something that we uh, that I wanted us to talk about was how um, when we did coach together, the thought work did take me to a place of deciding to stay in the relationship, and I feel like it will be interesting for our listeners to to hear that that you know in the work that we do, it's very much like your thoughts create your results. So in a way, it's like you can create any result that you want because it's the power of your mind to get there. And I did that. And I coached myself to stay in a, in a relationship that maybe wasn't being true to who, to who I was at that point in time. And then I managed to coach myself out of it. So I wanted to ask you, do you see that with your clients as well, that they also coaching themselves whether to stay or potentially even go back after a breakup? And then also obviously mm-hmm. the other side to yeah. move on. And I absolutely, yeah, I see all of the scenarios. Like I think I've seen it all so far. Um, And I also, but here's where I kind of differ because you had mentioned something like I maybe coached myself back to stay in a relationship that wasn't right for me. And I kind of don't agree with that because I'm like, I think there's a lot of reasons you stayed in that relationship for an extra, what, two years. And I don't think you would have learned as much as you did or gotten to the place that you're at without having done that, right? Like that. And I think that's where we draw like a very fine line around, (laughs) I want to say like, I want to use all these coachy terms, but I'm like talking about an intentional model, which just means your intentional thinking, the thoughts that you've chosen to believe, kind of like how Emma was talking about, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. She's choosing intentionally and deciding every single day to redirect her focus to that. And so sometimes our intentional thoughts were never, most of the time they are in, like I shouldn't say most of the time. I really don't think, I've been thinking about it a lot this morning specifically because I have a client going through through something very similar, but we don't intentionally choose to put ourselves in harm's way. (laughs) Yeah. We're never like, Hey, you know what I should do? I should get into a relationship that's not good for me and get my heart broken again. Like we're (laughs) never intentionally choosing to do that. And I think we have to remember that it's never happening to us. Like you had mentioned before, it's always happening for us. So even if you coached yourself into staying into the relationship for another two years, it's because you were meant to be in that relationship for another two years, or you were meant to learn the lesson that you've learned here versus then. Um, 
And so I see a lot of that, but I totally, yeah, I get where you're coming from and what you're saying. I don't know if that answered your question. No, it does. And I'm actually really, really happy that you called me out on that and said to me, no, that's wrong. Because that was an example of my mind going to the place of, oh, maybe I should have, you know, left this relationship sooner. And it wasn't, it was me just coming up up to that topic because I do genuinely know that it turned out the way that it did for a reason. And I learned, like I was saying very much at the start, a relationship's a mirror and I needed to, um, I needed to really go through what I went through to understand who I am. I think it will define me in my next relationship. I think that I will use it to help other people. So I genuinely think that coaching is very powerful that that is part of me that does think at some points I coached myself over things that maybe I now in the future wouldn't have turned a blind eye to but at the same time that was what I needed to do you know past Emma when she was 31 was in that place and I have to respect her you know her integrity and what she decided at that point whereas now that's not what I would do right now but that's also okay because I've developed and I've, I've changed since then it's so hard in that, like, and I, and I totally, cause I've had other scenarios of like very similar, but different things where I'm like, I was just constantly coaching myself around this versus being like, oh, is this something that I actually want to continue coaching myself around? <laughs> like, like, I don't have to coach. I could change the circumstance here. I could change the situation. Yeah. And I, I remember, right? I remember when you said to me at some point, I said, we were talking about a new belief or a new thought that I wanted to, to start practicing in our coaching. And then I said, but Dorothy, I just, I just don't know if I can ever believe that. I don't, not even if I can, I I just don't know if I want to. And you were like, well, you don't have to like leave. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) you know, so for anyone who's listening to this and thinking it's like people, these two crazy people talking about that, you can change your thoughts on anything. Like you don't always have to, if you're not happy, you can, you can choose to leave. Of course. Right. I'm a huge, and I'm a huge advocate of changing the circumstance. Like I, if you can change the circumstance, do it. If you want to change the circumstance, do it. It's just, I never want any of my clients being at the effect of other people and other things to feel differently. Just like you, I'm just, you don't want your clients to be at the effect of what other people do or don't do. And so that's where it's like learning how to, and that's another reason why I feel like you were meant to be in that relationship for another, um, for another, you know, two years is because you were supposed to get to this place where you really realized, I mean, these are the two lessons that I see for you. Of course, there are plenty more that I have no idea about. But one of the things is learning to be in a place where he didn't dictate how you felt or how you showed up or what you did or the results that you have. I think it's so easily or it's so easy to be in a relationship and blame our partner for not having the things that we want to have, for not showing up the way that we want to show up, for not feeling the way that we want to feel. And one of my biggest things in my mission in life is to really teach people to have different kinds of relationships. I do breakups, but I'm also training you to have a new kind of relationship to show up emotionally responsible and mature so that you are never at the effect of someone else. And you get to build this life that you love so much that when they come along, they're just the cherry on top. And if that cherry falls off the Sunday, totally fine. Cause you love your life anyways. Yeah. Um, And so I think you really got to that point. And then also the second piece is what you talked about earlier, where you really got to the point where you found out and you realized it's just a a choice. It's a decision that you make that you learn how to like your reasons for leaving. Yeah. And like getting, that's a huge, like, that's not just a small blimp in your life of learning that lesson. That is something that you will apply in everything. Yeah, I really, I really agree with that. And those two lessons that you've just, you know, outlined a hundred percent, two huge lessons that I've learned through this breakup, through this relationship and, and through coaching. And something that I wanted to actually also say is you just touched on this in, in your first point, but it's something that I really learned from your podcast. And I'm sure it's what you really focus on with clients is that delegating your emotional state and your thoughts your actions and everything to another person it's very very dangerous and a lot Mm. of people do it and I know that I for sure did it for a very prolonged period of time and really what it's all about and it sounds super cliche and super cheesy but you know what I don't care it's all about the relationship with yourself and as soon as you 
you know, work on that and, and strengthen that and learn how to control yourself and what you want, then it just, it spills over to your relationships with other people. But if you don't work on that first and you're constantly focused on that other person, it's just a recipe for disaster. And I'm sure you've seen that with clients and I see that with my clients a million percent is this lack of focus on and, and you as a person and always a focus on them, what they did, what they think, what they say and what they feel. And it's really important. Your podcast really taught me that. It's all about you, basically. It is. And your worth, like learning to see your own worth and not tying it to all these external things. Even my type A brave hearts, I see you guys, even if if you're not tying your worth to your partner or your ex-partner, you're tying your worth to your job, to your business, um, whatever that might be. And really learning how to feel the worthiness from inside of you. And also very cliche, but I am telling you, there is something so different about someone who stands in their power from within versus someone who's standing in their power, grasping for everything outside of them. Um, yeah. So yeah, hundred percent. I, I love I, it. I did that. I think that that was a big change for me is to start, stop blaming and looking on the outside and grasping for things on the outside and to start looking in that definitely did change it for sure what do you think are like your biggest um there's so many directions I want to go in one of the things that I wanted to ask though is like what do you feel like are the most important tools or like I'm a very next steps kind of person (laughs) I'm like what kind of next steps would you offer your listeners if they are going through a breakup in their 30s based off of your experience? Wow. So firstly, when you're first going through the breakup, right? So it's like the first traumatic decision, those first few days. So practical step during those first few days is just to be so, so kind to yourself. It's heartbreak is just something so awful and so terrible. And I think that for me, I I had a job at the time and I had a, you had to go to work. I didn't actually, but I didn't, I didn't go, but yeah, I supposed to go to work. And, you know, I, it's just, you're just in this frenzy of emotion. And I just want to advise to anyone, anybody who is in that or has been in that, going through this horror, that horrible first ripping the bandaid off is to just make sure that you put yourself first and you're kind to yourself, even if it's as basic as you have to stay in bed, but just make sure you eat something and have a shower and check in with with your family and friends. But that's a really difficult time. And then the tips for after that, following that, is to let your friends be there for you. It was something that I really, really struggled with. I'm someone who doesn't like asking for help. And I'd been in this partnership in a relationship for so long that my other half had become that person. And it, it felt almost unnatural to have to reach out to people and ask for, for help. And I had amazing friends, luckily, who uh, were really there for me. And they came and they even, you know, in that terrible first time gave me, brought me food and they helped clean my apartment and they were just, just there. So don't hold back in reaching out to other people. That's also something very important. And then you know, don't worry about the logistical steps because often when we're in really long-term relationships, our lives are really intertwined, you know, whether it's a divorce or, or just a, a, a breakup. It's very daunting to think of all the things that you have to do. Maybe you, you know, you have to arrange a new apartment, a new living situation, you have to pack everything up, you have to find a new, a new place to go, um, bank accounts, you know, share everything. It's just, you know, endless things. And I had a whole list of those things to do. And it was like, wow, no, I cannot do those things yet. So I guess the practical tip is to not focus on that because they will get sorted out. You will get there. You will be able to do that, but maybe not right now. And again, that's something that's okay to to consult with friends with and to delegate. Well, I feel like I could just go on practical tips forever. I feel like you should stop I me. <laughs> I know. I love that tip. That's a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think what else. So then for me, obviously I'm a coach. So I'm going to say these things, but really show up for yourself and do the thought work. That really for me meant looking inside, journaling a lot. I filled a whole journal in those few months of lockdown. Like I journaled every day and it really, really helped me to just understand what was going on. And 
it really saved me those first few weeks when my mind was spinning out just to be aware, to watch my thoughts, to understand what was happening. Another piece of advice would be to, so that's something interior, right? Like something like mm-hmm. you looking inside and also look to the outside. So that was when I listened to your podcast and I messaged people who had maybe gone through similar things to me. I think that was the next step that came probably around three or four weeks after the initial shock. Um, but that was also something that really helped me because sometimes you don't have all the answers and sometimes you do need to connect with other people and find a community. I don't know, you know, I don't know what it was like for you at the time, but I have a whole array of friends, but most of my friends aren't single. Actually, that's a lie. I have a lot of friends who aren't single and I do have some friends who are, but I really tried to find my community of people who understood what I was going through, whether that be they'd been through a breakup before or they were going through something similar. And really luckily, one of my very, very close friends was also a very different situation, very different breakup, was, but was also experiencing heartbreak. So we really, really found comfort in each other's, <laughs> in each other's misery, but also really helped each other um, mm-hmm. go through it together. So that's also really important is to, you know, to make sure that you find, find other people who can help and support you community is huge. So important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. I love that. Um, I know we're running close to time, but I want to make sure, is there anything else that you wanted to share with your listeners around the breakup that I didn't ask that you thought was important to hit on that I maybe missed? I don't actually think so. I think that I've shared my story. I think something that I do really want to emphasize for anybody who, to go back to that pressure, that we feel when we're in our 30s is that be true to yourself because it's and I'm definitely not saying I regret it but that layer of pressure definitely added a burden to me that didn't need to be there and I kind of wish that I don't wish anything but if I would have known that it was okay to feel those things and to have that pressure and to then to do the work to accept it I think that I, my mind would not have spun out as much over the years and I would have come to a more comfortable and aligned place with myself maybe a little bit sooner. And, you know, it's really important to allow how you feel. And that's something that I actually didn't say and that we didn't speak about. But one of the things about going through a breakup is how painful it is. And sometimes you just don't let yourself feel the pain. You know, you just try and avoid it or you resist it or you react, whatever it is. And sometimes you're going to be in a ball on the floor, hysterical, crying. You're going to be out walking along the street and all of a sudden something is going to like hit you and and you're going to think something and just burst out crying. And then you're that weird girl who's walking down the street crying. Thank God for masks. Masks have been really helpful because people can't see the, your mouth kind of contorted and, and sobbing. Um, but really like, it's okay to feel. And I think I struggled with that a little bit. And then at some point was like, I'm just going to feel everything. And I'm so happy. I felt it because that was my grieving process. And, and for everyone it is, you know, that's how you grieve is by letting yourself be aware of those emotions and not trying to push them away. Yes, absolutely. I feel like, so I really simplified the getting over your ex process and it really applies to everything in life, which is so great. But the first step is feeling your feelings, right? Step one is feeling your feelings, learning how to embrace the terrible feeling that it is, because I think we're afraid that if we embrace feeling it, then it's going to hurt really bad and it's going to last longer. And they're like, especially by the time people get to me, they're normally like, I don't want to feel this way anymore. So why are we practicing feeling feelings? <laughs> yeah. Like you, you have, have to. to. <laughs> you have to like be okay feeling this way before you can release it. Um, so I totally, totally yeah. get that. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, something else I've really noticed the past few months saying to my clients is that it's not linear. So of course, once you do that mindset shift, it is better because you do understand yourself more, but also feelings are feelings and they can just come up. And, you know, I have days, it's been a few months now. And in general, I am feeling great and I'm happy with my decision and I'm moving on with my life. And, you know, I I genuinely am in a great place, but I have bad days and, you know, days when my mind isn't thinking all the positive thoughts and other things come creeping in and, and that's okay. And I feel like that's another piece of advice for anybody going through a breakup is that, it's okay that it's not linear. It's okay that you can sometimes take a step backwards and sideways and 
do a twirl around and then come back to the center. It's, it's just knowing how to get there. Yes. Reminds me of the grief bubble, right? It's like, it just pops up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you want good. to explain the, the grief bubble? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the grief bubble is what I kind of talk about on my podcast into my brave hearts where, um, when you're going through a breakup, you oftentimes feel the grief bubble a lot. And it's a combination of all of like the feelings where you have the loss, you have the sing, the sadness, um, the grieving, um, the, the very deep emotional feels. And sometimes it just bubbles up. Like you said, when you have like a memory of that person or you see something on the street and, um, I don't think the grief bubble ever, um, always goes away for the rest of your life. It's like a bubble that comes up from the water and it goes through your body and it dissipates at the top. And I talk about, you know, how you can go through that process and everything. But I, even after, I guess it was like three years after, I think it was three years after my ex and I broke up, uh, he got married and I found out like randomly through like an Instagram story. And when I went through that experience, I realized I was experiencing a grief bubble, even though I'm like happily over my ex, like totally doing awesome, teaching people to get like, I'm not, not over my ex just because I experienced that grief bubble. Well, and it's so important for anyone to know that, that if you feel things, it doesn't mean that you're back at square one or, you know, you're not, you're not over them or you're not, doing well in your life it's okay you know I love that I love I, love, I listen to the, the grief bubble obviously on the podcast and really yeah. really resonate with it but Dorothy thank you so so much it was a really important and special episode for me and that the fact that you got to to come and, and share your wisdom and also practical tips and I hope that by me sharing my story and you also sharing all the amazing work that you do that we can help people who are who are going through a breakup Girl, thank you for having me. And I so appreciate you being vulnerable. I know it's going to help so many humans. And I just, I love that. My mission in life is to like help women get over their ex so they can go on and help heal the world. And like, look at you, you're like healing the world all the time. It's just so good. I love when we're vulnerable and you can be open like that. And I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And do you want to just tell the listeners where they can find out more information about you and also about your group coaching program? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can you can find me on Instagram at Breakup Coach Dorothy, and then I highly recommend listening in on the How to Get Over Your Ex podcast on Spotify or iTunes. And then I do have a program. The next time it launches is October. 12th is when like the deadline to get signed up closes. So you can learn more about that on my website at lifecoachdorothy.com. And of course, if you have any questions, I would love to hear from you on Instagram. So yeah. Amazing. So I'll definitely put those details in the show notes for everyone. And if you like this episode and you're loving the Turning 30 podcast, then please share it and subscribe. We're now officially live on Spotify. And as always, you can find me at Turning 30 Coach on Instagram if you have any questions for me. And thank you once again, Dorothy. And I'll see you all on the show next week.